In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Body Horror, and I'm Evan. I'm a child of Magnetos that I didn't know existed. I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering the amazing smash hit Wolverine and the X-Men, but before we get into that... My darling fiance Evan has a bit. I'm doing the bit. What? I'm in charge now. I'm the captain here. God is dead. Long live Evan. Nothing matters. <laughs> you almost said your own name. <laughs> I almost did say my own name. I almost said long live Andy because I'm usually the one who does the bit. Anyway, nothing matters, and I'm doing the bit, and Andy's going to do the summary because Andy's better at X Men than me. Um, I have a good bit though. All right. If you could take any costume that exists in a comic book and put it into a live-action film, what would that costume be? Like, like directly? Yes, like a not not like a cool, updated translation hip of a of a yeah, not not a hip, cool. Um, high budget version, but if you could just do as literally as possible any comic costume in a movie, what which which uh comic costume would it be? That's tough. Mm. It, it's, but there's it, so many good ones. It's always in moments like this where I like. I think it's probably every single bit we do. Where I try and think, and I'm like, hmm, I don't think I've ever read a comic book in my life, nor have I ever seen a comic, <laughs> a, a costume in a comic book either. Um, it's, I mean, it was done in like the 60s or the 70s, but uh, good old original Dick Grayson and uh, and those those Kelly Green undies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm would like to very see. Good. Would like uh, very gay. Release release the Snyder cut. It's got uh, it's got Kelly Green undies, I hear. So my first thought was to be funny and say Constantine, because the Constantine movie, he's not wearing the right business casual suit that he should be. But I'm going to say Green Arrow <laughs> with the jaunty cap. Oh, Green we Arrow is my other choice. We deserve Oliver Queen in fucking tights. With a jaunty cap, you cowards. You cowards. What are you so afraid of? Give me the big, absurd goatee mustache with yep. the domino mask. The whole yep. Errol Flynn thing. And the jaunty cap. Yep. What is wrong with you people? I mean, isn't that God. just Robin Hood men in tights at that point? No. I, we can, we're not going to get started on my issues with Robin Hood men in tights. Ooh. Um... All right, my comic book costume that I would like translated uh, literally into a modern film is um, when Hawkeye was first introduced, he had this strange purple mini dress with a very deep V-neck thing going on, and it was so short, so short. Even in the comics, they had to, like, draw bizarre proportions so as not to show you his dick and balls uh because this mini skirt he was in was so so short i would like that i would like that absurd circus deep v mini dress that he was wearing for some reason original green lantern's pretty good too i don't know what original green lantern looks like to he, be honest he basically looks like he's wearing green lantern merch Oh, <laughs> I I really love all of every single Nightwing costume ever. I love all of Dick Grayson's costumes, but uh, there's something that like around the time of Hush, like 2007, his costume is particularly good 
And uh, as we all know, Nightwing has the best ass in all of comics. So getting true, getting a costume that really shows off Dick Grayson's butt. Yeah, is really, really, really tight. Clutch, clutch them cheeks. That acrobat mm-hmm. uh, is something we all deserve. And it's homophobic that we haven't gotten one. <laughs> but uh, I would also especially take his weird disco feathery costume with all the gold trim. That one's quite good. Um, I, this People is, think Nightwing's heterosexual too, which is wild. This is something I don't want necessarily in direct translation, but I want to see an X-Men movie where they really lean into the yellow outfits. They're fun. First yes. class. They kind of did. They they did. They kind of they kind of copped out a little they bit. They were a little Zack Snydery yellow. A, yeah, little, they, a little muddled. They did. Yeah. At least those were more exciting and interesting than the gritty early 2000s. The leather. Leather. Yeah, so somebody, the reason that I even started to think about this is somebody pointed out, like, oh, yeah, like, we all said, like, whoo, the the X-Men movie costumes are, are so much cooler. I'm so glad they didn't do the the yellow. But then you never see anyone cosplaying those early 2000s. Well, it's, it's X Men out. They just weren't inspiring or interesting in any way. The, the Matrix ruined it. Everyone was like, "Black leather, that's the thing. That's the thing people want." I guess, but I agree. Uh, when Cyclops said, "Would you prefer yellow spandex?" the the answer is yes, I would. This is a comic book movie. <laughs> How about some Captain America and some good old fashioned blue scale mail? The scale mail is cool. Yeah. It looks horrible anytime I see anyone cosplaying in the classic scale mail. Yeah, yeah it looks very bad. But still, I'm it's very like, hard to do. I, I appreciate the effort, you know. I'm trying to think if I have any more answers. I don't think I do. Are you just trying to avoid doing the hard part? No, I'm ready to do the summary. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let me sink my teeth into this. Let's All see. All right. So we watched a fuck ton of episodes. So many. There's so many episodes in this one single season so all right so we, we watched a ton i'm just gonna i'm just gonna rattle through it episode 13 is entitled battle lines and magneto sends some baddies to break a bunch of dangerous mutants out of prison one of them is a small child who becomes a kaiju for her mutant power and there's a bunch of like fighting and stuff and rogue uh is the one who like Gets gets through the energy kaiju and saves the little girl. Uh, Stolen Lives was episode 14. Mystique and Wolverine have a very boring adventure together. And it's revealed that Mystique and Logan used to bone. And it's boring. And Mystique should not be straight or cisgender. But continuing on. Episode 15 is Hunger Hunting Grounds. And it's the Hunger Games where Mojo has kidnapped Nightcrawler and Scarlet Witch and is, like, sending baddies to fight them, and they gotta escape. And we get a bunch of great Nightcrawler content and some Scarlet Witch character development, and Mojo has kidnapped Wolverine and is, like, mind-controlling him, and uh, Nightcrawler saves the day, and it's great. Episode 16 is Badlands. This one takes place in the future, uh, with the future X-Men and the post-apocalypse with, with Xavier and they come across Polaris who's like old and a lesbian now and gives them a new toy sentinel that is now like their friend. Uh, Code of Conduct is episode 17. This is another boring Wolverine episode where the X-Men fight some ninjas. Episode 18 is Backlash. The MRD is going after mutants like more hardcore now. There's definitely some like ice feels on this episode with like them using battering rams and like dragging mutants out in chains and shit. And the X-Men and the Brotherhood team up and they like team up to fight some Sentinels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Episode, 19, episode 19 is called Guardian Angel, and this is the gay episode. This one is the like it's it's very it's very queer. 
the angel angels like going around as a superhero on his own, like saving mutants and the MRD gets like tipped off by angels dad to like bring him down. And there's this really intense chase sequence and like angel is crying and flying as fast as he can to try and get away. And they fuck him up. They like put him in the hospital and his wings are all fucking bent and shattered. And the doctor's like, we're going to save his life, but the wings real broken. We need to bring in, an avian specialist, and the dad's like, no, just cut him off. And it's fucking horrific and heartbreaking, and it's real sad, and a lot of sad shit happens, and then Angel makes a deal with Sinister, and becomes Archangel, and is like low-key a villain now, but really the X-Men should just let him kill his dad, because his dad deserves it. And then episode 20 is called Breakdown, and we get a bunch of like flashbacks to the original five X-Men in their old uniforms and they're all really young and it's super cool. And uh, it's revealed that the Phoenix is what blew up the school. And episode 21 was boring, but we're going to save that one for next time anyway. Very good. Very good. We are watching. No, I lied. 21, 21 is pretty great. But it's, oh, but you still gotta wait. Time. You still we're gotta wait it for next time. Episode twenty one doesn't even exist right now. Nope. No, it's nope. totally purged from my memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the collective consciousness. We watched. So that was that was the that was the 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 breakdown. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of episodes. Sure are. Sure are. There were uh, eight eight of them we watched this time. Uh, and these eight episodes. Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Did these eight episodes of Wolverine and the X-Men work for you? That's a a tougher call than usual, because I would say there were two episodes that were amazing, stellar, spectacular, one-of-a-kind, unique, totally perfect, and then the rest of them, like, I barely remember. So, uh... I'm going to say yes, but that's just because the remaining episodes, uh, I didn't mind. There was nothing in them that I was like, oh, ugh. So I guess the, the two amazing ones made up for it. So, yeah, but it was harder than usual this week for me to watch these. Sure, sure. Andy. Yes, Ronnie. These eight episodes of Wolverine and the X-Men, did they work for you? There were two fantastic episodes. There were two stinkers, and then the rest were uh, were okay. They they were maybe uh, a little hard to tell apart from each other, <laughs> but overall, yeah, I enjoy this show, and I I enjoyed this batch of episodes. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Did did these a uh, million episodes of Wolverine and the X Men work for you? Um, most of the million did, but the thing when you're watching a million episodes is, uh, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's easy to forget some of the ones that were no good. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Right. It blends together a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, sure does. Um, yeah, they worked for me. Like I said, yeah, for sure. It, it is so much that, uh, we are watching this half hour show and it is much easier to purge half an hour from a memory uh, when I have uh, four more half hours to go than it is when I'm watching hour long shows. Um, there was definitely stuff in here that made me go, Ugh, but um, nah, on the most part, it's still an X-Men show. It's still a pretty good X-Men show. Uh, it I worked. almost, I'm sorry to, to interrupt. I'm Not sorry. Bad. I almost wonder if we were watching this in like four episode chunks we would have to wait longer to get to like the really awesome fantastic episodes but i wonder if the ones that are kind of like boring and bun together when you watch five of them in one sitting if it wouldn't be as bad that's probably a fair assessment mhm like like if we just watched battle lines which was a really fun like action episode but it felt kind of boring cuz there were no huge emotional beats in it 
I wonder if that episode would have been more fun if we watched it in one sitting than if we watched it with five other episodes. Um, I tend to be more interested in characterization anyway. Well, sure. And I, I mean, I, I guess that's just, uh, you know, one of the depressing things about being an adult. You can't, you can't just watch action shit and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Anymore. I'm going to make my action figures hang together and do that. But uh, I, I feel like, and maybe I'm, uh, maybe I am just making, maybe I just think I was a more intelligent child than I was. I don't know. But uh, I like to think that, at least in my memory, I always cared more about the characters than about the the action. So Not every animated show can be Avatar The Last Airbender, but sure. every animated show should try to be. Yeah, that's that's true. That's very good. Well, what do we talk about now? What do we talk, <laughs> talk about, about now? Let's talk about the amazing, good, stellar episodes. The two in particular. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I suspect that they're the same ones for all of us, but let's right. let's find out. I mean, Let, like, let's I could find, be totally wrong. Let's find out if it's the same ones we're all talking about after this quick break. Hey, Kyla. Yeah, Marty. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, that's an excellent question. You can find the answer to that if you listen to our podcast, Netflix and Kill. If you're a horror fan, you can hear us go through all the horror films on Netflix, good and bad. Find out which ones are worth watching. If you're a horror newcomer, don't be scared off. We go through the ropes and definitely make some jokes. So we hope you check us out. You can find our podcast at LunarLightStudio.com or iTunes, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes out every other Tuesday. May your nightmares be plentiful. Break it down. This is oh, going to be the goodness. official ending pending intro music now. Yeah, for sure. We're playing that song on our wedding and everyone's going to have fucking twerk. Can't wait. That, that's that got a weird tempo to it. I don't know how. I don't, I'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, how I guess. do you twerk to that? I'll figure You're gonna do it great, out, Ronnie. A real. You're gonna do that's, great. That's like three four time. I don't know how to twerk in three four time. Anyway, yeah. I mean, um, you're gonna have to practice because you're definitely gonna be in our wedding at whatever yeah, point yeah. we finally have enough money to have a wedding. For sure, but. for sure. I'm there. Hey, weddings are expensive, y'all. Yeah, you gotta pay for the license to the X Men music. We we're we're not doing this on a hetero budget. <laughs> um. So the two episodes. Um, that were pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. everyone on the count of three. Uh, let me figure out what the numbers are here. Oh, wait, I don't know what the numbers are either. Oh, I was just well, going to describe them. One, <laughs> two, three. The <laughs> Liam O'Brien Yeah, Guardian Angel, yes. <laughs> I didn't hear Ronnie's answer. Ronnie, yeah, what did I you agree. say? I agree. Yeah. I, I, y'all, y'all threw the script down at me, so I was... Yeah, it's 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 those two. It's Liam O'Brien. Yes, those two. And Liam O'Brien just fucking Liam carrying the show on his back. Liam O'Brien fucking killing it. Liam O'Brien, come on our show and talk about yeah. how you just you just walked into the studio and said, "This show sucks. I'm gonna make it good." Just just give me the two most interesting characters on your show. How, sure. Like, how did he do that? How did he get the two most well written, most interesting characters on the show? Also, I'm not even bothered by the fact that I can, like, tell that they're voiced by the same person because can it's you? just so... Yeah. I think he does a really good job of disguising no, he does. his no. voice. No, 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 he does. I'm not, I'm not dunking on his acting talent. I just mean that he does so much soft, sad boy for, um, for Nightcrawler that when he gets into soft, sad boy mode as Angel, I can hear Nightcrawler just, like peeking through a little bit. I can just hear the, the night crawler in the tone of his voice. And I, I don't find that to be uh, annoying. I think it's endearing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to X-Men. Yeah, so... Um, what, what did we like about these two episodes in particular? 
Let, let's take Hunger Games first, because that's kind of the fun one. Yeah. Um, first of all, extremely different format from the other other ones, so automatically it sticks out in your memory. That's just a given. But um, so many of the episodes are like ensemble episodes where you just get like, this character's here, now this character's here, now this character's here. Oh, so-and-so's here now, so-and-so's here to save the day. But this was uh, like a hyper-focused... Uh, Nightcrawler and Scarlet Witch episode with a little bit of Wolverine thrown in just a little bit. And we got a lot of good characterization for Scarlet Witch, uh, which we saw sort of play out and then got an explanation for at the end. Hmm. Uh, and we also got uh, like just more good Kurt Nightcrawler stuff. Just such good, like... He's such a sweet, kind boy. Scarlet Witch revealing that uh, she did not accidentally drop Wolverine yeah. into the water, but intentionally did it because, like, fuck this guy. Dun, dun, was, dun. Was great. Yeah. Like, watching it, you're like, why the heck did she let him go? Like, is she, are they trying to say Scarlet Witch is that weak? Like, why wouldn't she just use her powers? No, the answer is that... She let him go on purpose. She's a Slytherin and was looking out for number one, mm-hmm. and that was great. Yeah, I um I also like that we have a sympathetic character who is pro Magneto and that adds a lot of complexity that we do not otherwise get in the show because it's a pretty black and like Magneto's bad and so Except Magneto's still kinda right. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, I, so I agree. Far. I agree, but his characterization in the show <sighs> yeah. is that he's the bad guy. And Scarlet Witch is his daughter, and she is pro Magneto, but she's also a likable character who we, the audience are meant to like yeah. in this show. And so it does add some moral complexity. Yeah. She's clearly struggling with, uh, her, her father's intentions and goals. And she like sees the value in his opinions and she's loyal to him, but she also on a personal level really likes Nightcrawler and like understands the perspective of the X-Men. And so she's like sort of trapped in this, in this thing going on. Also like, you know, just the hunger games format was fun. They were, yeah. in a they were in a, a dome, like a fake dome. Like the Truman show. Yeah. Yeah. So here's they the were forced th- to fight things. And mm-hmm. here, here's the thing. I will talk about it later. Now that I'm reading through my notes, I think I disagree with everything about this episode with you. <laughs> Did you dislike this one? I I disliked this episode. Um and 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 it is interestingly for the same reasons that y'all liked this episode. Um we can we can get more into that later. Um, what, uh, what what episode did you like before we get to the sad? I, I mean, I, I loved. I, I we can move right on to to sad angel because sad angel was was beautiful. Um, other than that, I did like um episode sixteen, uh, future uh on the in the Badlands. Yeah, that was fun. That oh. was that was pro- that was probably my, that my was other fine. favorite. Bishop is great. Yes. Also, uh, Marrow. Marrow is very good. Hmm. Yeah, there were some really good the the writing for characters that are not named Wolverine or Cyclops is uh, is generally pretty good on this show. Um, I I appreciate it, and I I'm a uh, yeah, it's good. Before we get to Sad Angel, just some let, let's do some random other positives, and then we can dig into the Sad Gay episode. Um, battle lines. Wolverine went off on like a solo mission on the side during the big battle and just Cyclops was leading the team. And that was everything the show should have been from the start. Just Cyclops was like calling the shots and having people use their powers. It was great. My yeah. Any other random positives? I mean, I have more Cyclops positives that I can just I, rattle off. But. I feel like I have a lot of negatives, but my positive is just. The X Men rule. This is a good X Men show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, that, that's it's, that. you know the beginning and end is just like I, at this point I'm getting nitpicky because we are 172 episodes into this series. Um, <laughs> yeah, but for the most part it's just like um, uh, seeing first class, seeing the original five. So fun, 
so much fun seeing like the, the costumes iceman is all snowy it is Beast it is isn't blue yet there is no more joy in my life than seeing snowman iceman i love right? it. right in boots in just like regular old snow <laughs> brown snow boots and he had the he had the belt i think still oh uh-huh, it was great uh-huh. it was very good i got a i got a, a book from uh scholastic book fairs in like fourth grade that was just like all about the x-men um, to which at that point, I think I, I just, I think I've talked about it before. I just thought the X-Men were Wolverine. Like Wolverine was also known as X-Men in my mind. Um, because nineties, um, mm-hmm. but that book like went in deep to like, here's the original five and, and how everyone came to be and how they found Gene and how they found beast and what, you know, happened to him. And, and it was just like, it was, it was basically my first comic book technically although it wasn't comics it was just like an encyclopedia about the x-men and so like anytime i see those five and they did such a good job from the snowy like it was it was like ripped from the comics yeah it was very fun a little bit of discrepancy i feel like if that's bobby drake um that bobby drake is now like 14 14 years old Anyhow, Why has he not aged? Sure, sure. Not paying much attention to that. Um, but the rest of the flashbacks in that episode, I did not really care for. But nope. that that one was real good. All right, let's talk about Angel. As we were watching these in ra- rapid succession, I said aloud as this episode like got into its meaty part, I was like, Andy. Andy, I was totally zoned out, but now I'm fully back in. I'm so committed. My 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 whole heart is invested in this. Stop me! Like this is the this is why Angel is one of my like top five X Men. Like this episode was so good. Yeah. So as Andy went over briefly, um, it's it's Angel's dad's fault that Angel gets attacked in the first place. I don't know what his real name is, Warren or something. Warren Worthington the third, and his yeah. dad is Warren Worthington the mm-hmm. second. Um, but yeah, his his dad is a bad dude who's like working with anti mutant groups and shit. It's uh, like Andy said, it's a very, very queer allegory. And uh, like the is it the MRD that shoots him out of the sky? Yeah. Yeah, they they like bolo him so that he can't fly and then he like crashes to earth and his wings get destroyed. And I don't know how this doctor still has a medical license, but yeah, the dad is just like, yeah, fuck, cut his fucking wings off. That's this is better for everyone. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my. And then like. Of course, he wakes up and like. It's like part of his body is gone. It's just you know, panicked like, screaming. Yeah, and it's he's brutal. They have to like sedate him and like tie him to the bed, and he's freaking out. And it's like I just felt it in my soul. I felt it like in a meaningful way. It was ve- it was a very dramatic episode. It's it's the same reason why like the Dorian storyline in Dragon Age hit so hard. Like. If you have unsupportive parents and you're queer, you know what that's like that you 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 know if they could make you straight they would and that they would cut that part of you out if they could and that just fucking hurts. That's just real brutal to know. And so to see it played out in a fantasy setting or in a superhero setting, it it hits really hard and it, it's really emotional and Liam fucking carries this episode on his back. I mean, he gives it 110%. And the animation, I thought, was also really strong, too. Like, when Angel is trying to get away from the MRD and is just so panicked and, like, tears are streaming through his face. And earlier in the episode, he was happy and flying and, like, having a good time versus him, like, fleeing for his life is is real intense. I didn't think the animation was that strong. I think the story is very strong. Okay, so anyway, uh, a guy approaches him. And, uh, what's his name? Sinister. Sinister. Nathaniel Essex. Uh, is like, hey, uh, I can give you robot wings. And Angel 
understandably turns evil and then goes to kill his dad and then Wolverine and Storm? Storm? Oh, apparently he and Storm are dating. I don't care. But um, Wolverine and Storm turn up and they're like, no, you can't kill him. And I was like, no, kill him. Kill him. And they were like, no, you can't. And uh, Angel was like, uh, but Logan, you definitely have killed people who've wronged you. And he's like, yeah, but I'm a bad dude. <laughs> I'm like, wow, no, just let him kill him. Anyway, they don't let him kill his dad. Which is bullshit. Yeah, which is bullshit. Um... The show does try to manufacture, like, a a real, real sudden redemption arc uh, for Daddio, but... Uh, yeah, I, I understand that, like, the mechanical benefit of that show is like, oh, well, now he's not helping. He, he had a change of heart, and now he still should have died. They still should have killed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was such a good episode. It was It was a very intense episode. And I was... It was... I don't think it would have been quite so intense if this show had been like all around deep, but I felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. And so it caught me off guard. And so I was, it it was more intense because everything around it was kind of light and fun and campy, you know? Yeah. I feel like they were building to it a little bit, but it definitely like, we had a break from from Angel for a little bit and got like smacked in the face with it. Yeah, they had definitely established uh, like that he and his dad don't have a good relationship. You know, they right. had set this up in previous episodes. But yeah, I have no complaints about that episode. No, it was, it was good. It was very it was good. solid. It's a nice little nod to the comics too. Uh, Angel frequently is just like his own hero. He just goes out there and like Batman's it by himself away from the team sometimes. So it was cool to see that too. Yeah. One thing like I, I don't want to keep referring to my, my childhood X-Men book, but it was like a pretty comprehensive history of the X-Men. And I feel like this show is like just running off all the hits. Like we see the original five, we get not only angel, but Archangel. We get, uh, you know, the, you know, baby Jean Grey and, and seeing uh, her. And now we get the Phoenix. It's just like, it is, it is the entirety of the X-Men condensed into one, what, 417 episode show. Yeah. Um, but still, it's just like, it, it's, it's really just like, it, it knows the hits and it's playing them. Um, some of the, uh, so, so I want to call out some of the writing that was so good in these, uh, couple episodes. Um, in the Hunger Games episode, uh, when we see uh, Mojoed out Wolverine, um, we Night <laughs> Nightcrawler goes, uh, "It's me, Kurt, Nightcrawler." You know, Bamf. <laughs> and then he describes himself as the elf or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he calls himself yeah. an elf, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, I love you, my yeah. boy." Yeah. Oh. Uh, in episode sixteen. Uh, Charles uh, talks about uh, Polaris as she's like kind of flying away and says she's not a soldier because they were like, oh, we could use her. We we could use her help. And they and he says she's not a soldier. Magneto only wanted her to see the dream, not the war. And I was like, oh, that's poetic as fuck. Yeah. Um, Ex- whoever's doing Xavier does a great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he said later says, uh, I only hope we can free her from the prison she's created for herself. Looking back at the ruins of Genosha, and it's just like, oh, loved it. Every Xavier quote from the show is like, live, laugh, love, but for edgy queers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's stitched all over pillows. Um, More like graffitied, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make a sampler. And- Kitty continues to be the most competent person on this team, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. She takes on the entire MRD taking over the X-Mansion by herself. Yeah, like a boss. Yeah, with a and bunch like of Sentinels and Wolverine stuff. and Forge, like, on her own. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have another random positive. Uh, Liam O'Brien's German accent is getting steadily better as he goes along. He's <laughs> getting closer to Caleb. He's, he's sort of settling into it. So, negatives. We're in, we're in what didn't work town. Uh, in the where same I'm they, the mayor. 
in the same way that you, Ronnie, had that broad sweeping, like, it's X-Men show, it's rad. I have a broad sweeping, um, I can't fucking remember anything that happened beyond the two good episodes. Like, it's just, uh, there's not a lot of ideas happening in this show. There's not a lot of content. There's little glimmers of it. Sure, sure. But it is, and to be fair, I understand it was made for children. It was made to be watched in half hour increments. It was meant to be, you know, serialized. I get it, but, you know, I can't, I can't give it a pass. A a lot of, a lot of characters are just one attribute and then their power. So like Bobby is quippy and has ice. Mm -hmm. Kitty pride is girl and can phase. (laughs) Yeah. Forge is nervous. Smart. And whatever his power is. I think I beast and storm are both calm. And then, like, physical slash stormy. We only saw Storm use her powers, like, one time. So that's one of my negatives, is yeah. that Storm is such a powerful character that she could really end every battle in this show by herself. And so the writers of this show are trapped in a Superman vis-a-vis the amazing uh, Justice League animated show where it's, like, Every fight that has Superman in it needs to immediately hit Superman with like some sort of trap or kryptonite or magic. So that way the other characters can like participate. And so every fight Storm just gets knocked out immediately after doing one cool thing because she can. Oh, there's an army of Sentinels. Cool. Like here's an F5 hurricane. Fuck you. It's over. I'm Storm. I'm a badass. So they just knock her out right away, and it's kind of a bummer. As much as I love Liam O'Brien, we've gotten, what, three or four Liam O'Brien-focused episodes? Like, give me give me that Storm-focused episode, and not like we're saving Storm from, you know, destroying the entire continent of Africa, but like, you know, one focused on her and the, and the things she's doing. Yeah. It really feels like they were like, oh, we need an X-Men show, so Storm has to be here. Right. Even though we have no idea what to do with her on a character level, mm-hmm. and we don't know how to deal with the fact that her powers are so huge, so we're just going to keep knocking her out. Like, I'd rather you have just had her ruling Wakanda with T'Challa. Like, yeah. that would have just been cooler to briefly see in, like, in one or two episodes than, like, shoehorning her in and shoehorning her out quickly every time. Um, Much as I love Nightcrawler, uh, I agree with you, Ronnie. If they had little uh, focused vignettes, like if each episode was an individual character-focused vignette, it sort of seemed in the beginning like they were trying to do that. Like they were stacking a couple of new characters into the first several episodes but it was like kind of focused on individual x-men like rejoining the team and i really wish that they had kept that formula i really wish that the whole show had just been like all right we catch up with an individual character we see what sort of challenges they're dealing with in their life right now and then either logan shows up and tries to recruit them or we go through, you know, the series of events and conflicts that lead them back to the team. And then at the end, you know, it's either implied or like shown that they rejoin the the team that's been split up for so long. First of all, it would have made the episodes individually feel different. Even if you have some in there where we have the team show up for a fight, at least you can say like, oh yeah, this was the Iceman episode and this one was the Storm episode and this one was the Gambit episode. But they they got away from that formula and now everything just feels very, very samey. I think that we talked uh, in episode one about how we liked that this show was so serialized and how like it is, there's there's one goal and, and it's working towards it and you know, it doesn't it doesn't muck itself up too much with like a bunch of side plots. But like you said, Evan, like it feels too singularly focused. Like there's mm-hmm. there's nothing else going on 
other than like this episode's obstacle towards getting us towards like fighting the Sentinels and getting Charles Xavier out of his coma. Like, and like, I get it. They want Wolverine to be the main character. And that's, that's fine. Like I disagree, but that's fine. But did we need the stuff with his name's Maverick is all of a sudden Wolverine's like arch rival or something. Did we yeah. need the Silver Samurai episode? Did we need to go back to that? No. It, like, like the fact that like, we had to, like, we we saw the whole like flashback business, and and he went and and you know made sure that you know cleared his name basically. But then like we had to go back to that well. We had to go back to that well so that we can make sure that everyone knows that Mystique is in love with Wolverine. And it's like I just nah, not here for it. You entered Mystique into this into this show literally just to fight with Wolverine and say, yep, the man I loved wink, wink is not here anymore. And it's like, I'm not, no, 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 do not care. Uh huh. Later in like, this is, what, this is what, gonna... what has, what has beast done since the first three right. episodes? Nothing. Give me he a got beast excited episode. about books, about good old fashioned hard copy books. <laughs> I, Iceman <laughs> hasn't had any episodes about him. Nope. Mm. Like there's 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 drama to be had with Iceman. Give me give me some Iceman shit. I am I am just so and and I don't understand what the show like so let, let's let's hang up on this for a second. Y'all y'all are all beating your drum for your Magneto would never do this, Magneto is right. In the first episode of this run, uh oh, looks like Magneto would do this because Magneto's doing this right now. He is he is working with the MRD, locking mutants up. No, uh, yeah, that's not what Magneto's doing. That's what Magneto's doing. No, they're being given to Magneto. They're being given to Magneto, and Magneto is locking them up. Only when they're like bad. You don't know problem. that. You don't yeah. know that. No, yeah. no. Magneto no. is being given the mutants that the MRD is locking up. That that is not great. the indication. It Magneto is, is a hero. I understand that. I understand that Magneto is a hero and Cyclops after like the year 2009 is a queer icon. And, he and, is. and this Fuck, show, yeah. okay. This show does not know those things. <laughs> this, this show is not aware of that head cannon or that, that real cannon at all. Cyclops in this show sucks. Magneto in this show sucks. Wolverine in this show sucks. I don't. Okay, Wolverine sucks. Wolverine sucks, and everyone else. The whole, (laughs) like, the whole Cyclops thing at the end is the most annoying episode because... Oh, my God. The, like, the weird drama between Wolverine and Cyclops is so bad. First of all, like... It's it's not as if like we see the growth of Wolverine in this. All we see is Wolverine go like chauvinistically, like really creepy, like, oh, who's the redhead? Oh, you know, why work with the bald old man when I can get you? And it's like Wolverine, hmm. you're 250 years old yeah, and she's yeah. 21. It's like, hey, Wolverine and the X-Men, how's the protagonist of your show doing? Pretty bad, I think. If this is the protagonist of your show. What what are we doing here? What is going on? So much man pain. So much just like, you know, oh, machismo fight. It's just like this show hates Magneto and Cyclops and loves Wolverine for some reason, but it doesn't write Wolverine as a lovable character. Wolverine is not likable at all, ever. No, no. It, it, it wants him to be. It's telling you, hey, Wolverine is likable, and it's not showing you anything that Wolverine is doing is likable. Ugh, ugh, ugh. It makes me so mad, because I don't know who I'm... Ro- it's like, given the opportunity to, to be led by Wolverine or be led by Cyclops, I'm like, hmm, Nightcrawler maybe? How about Charles Xavier? Let's get this guy out of here. Like, I, I can't... I, 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 do I like this show? That is the question. Do these episodes actually work for me? Because I get so mad. Can, um, I, can, can I have a really nitpicky complaint? Yeah. Very nitpicky complaint. So in the episode with the Yakuza and the Silver Samurai. Oh, were, I forgot that episode existed. I know, it was very bad. Yeah. Wolverine has to have this honor duel with this Japanese 
gangster who is a the cyborg ninja with mutant powers or some shit. Anyway, they're not allowed to use their powers in the duel. Like it's like this honor thing because it's a Japanese episodes. So I have to say the word honor as much as possible. And Wolverine ostensibly wins the duel because the dude ends up cheating by using his powers. But Wolverine literally has powers that are always active. It is impossible to have a powerless duel with Wolverine, which seems really unfair. And that's my bit. No, yeah, that makes sense. He can't just decide not to heal. He can't decide not to heal. He always has super senses like going. He has like an enhanced smell. He has enhanced eyes, better hearing, which gives him an edge in every fight sequence, kind of like Daredevil or, or, or shit. And then two, like with the healing factor, he doesn't get exhausted because he's healing. Always. So, like, fighting is and, and stuff is just as much an endurance sport. You talk to any MMA fighter uh, or, like, listen to interviews and they talk about how, like, they, they train to, you know, with cardio to last long in the ring. Bad fighters go out in round one or two just because they get exhausted. And that so lactic the, acid production, yo. So the fact that, like, Wolverine literally can't get exhausted because his body is just healing him from his exhaustion constantly it, it it was very bullshit to me that this 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 opponent lost because he he used his powers but wolverine's literally always using his powers anyway that episode was bullshit although cool use of telepathy by charles to like resurrect the memory of wolverine's old ninja master i thought that was kind of like a cool clever use of powers but the episode itself sucked the episode starts off with us learning and I'm sure that somewhere in the canon there this exists, but we learn that uh, Wolverine can see the past through smelling the fight that already happened. I think they were just trying to show that he has enhanced senses and was like sure. tracking what went sure. down, but it was not well explained. No, no. And and it's not going to make any sense to anyone who, unless people have listened to Ending Pending, but like this dude is basically just Mick St. John at this point. This, yeah. this this golden boy who's never done anything wrong in his life and fights. can smell crime scenes and know exactly what happened. Uh, this guy is he's he's just Mick St. John. And I and I'm tired of these golden boy protagonists with uh, powers that just sprout up out of nowhere. Also, holy shit. How many backstories does Wolverine need? Yeah, this is a general complaint of mine. He's been in World War Two. He's been in the Civil War. He's been in Vietnam. He was a like, and and just he was, he was in Japan for some reason. If you just even take the show, you forget about the comic books. You just take Wolverine and the X Men. He's got three or four backstories at this point. He has a backstory rivalry with Sabretooth. He's got a backstory relationship with Mystique. He's got a backstory with this guy Maverick for some reason. He was a Black Ops agent. He apparently worked with Nick Fury and Shield. He used to fight the Hulk, and then he now shows up and has a ninja backstory with the Yakuza. Toss on top of the backstory we get from the Cyclops episode where Wolverine shows up to the X-Men and it's just a pervy dick. Like, how many backstories does this guy need? Just pick one and, like, make it emotionally, like investable but you, you have like six or seven and it's like jesus christ i get it yeah he's it's your protagonist fine. he's great he like what a fucking mary sue jesus and honestly it's fine that he has so many backstories but it's like your D character it's like you can have as much backstory as you want you don't gotta share it all you gotta keep some of that to yourself and that's just fine you, also, you tuck it away great example ronnie because like D D, your backstory is only going to come up if you left room for the current writer aka the dm to do something with it like the fact that wolverine's got six backstories all right only so many of them can come up and be relevant to the current plot yep yep um yeah i i i don't know i i just episode so the the hunger games episode i felt like it was just kind of like Okay, this is the Hunger Games, but I just looked and Hunger Games, the movie came out three years after this. So maybe it was a little maybe it was a little uh, more poignant than I than I gave it credit for. Well, it's it's just a thing with Mojo. Like even when Mojo showed up in the ultimate universe, there was literally a comic with him called the most dangerous game. 
Sure. So this is just the episode of the most dangerous yeah, and game. I, 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 it's not that un, un, it's not that foreign of a concept, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but like for Scarlet Witch, I just felt like her dialogue and her her writing was very weak and male centered. Like it was very centered around Nightcrawler and centered around Wolverine and then very centered around Magneto, who as much as you are giving it credit for, you know, being sympathetic towards Magneto, Magneto is written fairly black and white in this show, even if he's not in in real life. And so like her being just like blindly like, yeah, but that's what my father would. It's just like I'm just it, it just feels weak. It feels like she is just like behest at at male requests hither and hither and yon like i still agree with magneto i'd still you, sign up it's fine it's fine do that this I'm show you can walk into the writing room and the show show creators will be like huh really you think because they they are not on the same page as you they they do not they're not here i'm just saying i'm ready i'm like if it's mike pence or magneto like i'm going with magneto oh absolutely i mean that's not even a question like i know i'm just saying goodness i'll take toad i'll take toad over mike pence at this point um i would take toad any day because toad freaking rules toad is great in this toad is 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 so good good. toad is so good when he's like i did it i was cracking (laughs) up that's so funny we learned that we learned that Rogue's whole beat is that she like stole information from Toad via grabbing his tongue. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, to- Toad grab- is the linchpin of this entire show. Would you grab Toad's tongue, Ronnie? Oh, you know, I, I, I am like, uh, like Cassius Andor over here. It's just like, oh, the Yaba, the Toad. I want to touch the Toad. <laughs> Feel the textures. The textures of the of the Toad. Oh, I love it. Um. Yeah, I, 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 hmm, it's going to be a tough for me to actually make a call here in a couple minutes about this show, but I, I feel myself trending towards, I don't know, it's still, it's still a good X-Men show, I just wish there was less of the, the only character that's in the show. Yeah, yeah, for real. But Liam O'Brien's doing great. Liam O'Brien's doing great. Love to see Liam out there. Love to see uh, the Angel and love to see the Nightcrawler mixing it up. Love to see Kitty Pride. Emma Frost is doing, you know, her thing. She is also kind of just like a tool for the dudes in the room to like explore their, you know, man pain. But, you know, every now and then she says, uh, they're, they're coming and then immediately gets knocked out just like Storm. <laughs> um, so that that's good. I'm glad she's around. Uh They've only had her use her, like, crystal form once, which seems really strange to me. It seems like something that will, like... Would you would do constantly. More important. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think you would see her throw psychic balls of energy at people more than just the one time that it happened that wasn't... It, you know, it's so fake. I hate that thing I so much. I, I could have sworn, <laughs> besides being a telepath, she had telekinetic powers. I know that Xavier doesn't. I thought Emma did, too, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Gene does. They made Gene that does, very clear. Yes. yes. Um, Gene's got both. And now we're getting the Phoenix. So. Yeah. Whoa. So here's the deal with Phoenix. Um, I'm not going to repeat what Movie Bob said, but like, just watch Movie Bob's thing on it. the The gist of it is though that like, Dark Phoenix only works because Gene was the most boring, vanilla, like, good girl character ever in comics and then they all of a sudden turned her into a sexy villain out of nowhere and it was really like gripping because it was so unexpected and that doesn't really work if you haven't had Jean present the entire show so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like apprehensive about oh they're doing Dark Phoenix out of nowhere but like we don't care about Jean because she fucking hasn't been here this whole time and it's why it's never worked in the movies because yeah. you can't just throw Dark Phoenix on the audience when you haven't built up the fact that Jean is like a goody two shoes and is herself kind of boring. Scholastic Book Fair Ronnie is like super jazz <laughs> that they're playing all the hits here. But like, yeah, I mean, it is cool. Modern, modern connoisseur of hits. media Ronnie is like, hmm, really feels like they're ham fisting a lot of this stuff. 
feels like they really need a lot of this X-Men stuff to get them out of some uh, real tight uh, narrative jams they've written themselves into. I'm sure Apocalypse is going to show up at some point. It, we got like six episodes left. They'll, they'll shove them in here. Sure. Uh, this All show, right. uh, we watched, we've watched like a bajillion, 20 episodes of it so far. We're almost done. I Oh my goodness. I can't believe We've I'm turning 470. I can't episodes. believe I'm turning on this show like mid episode. Uh but Evan. Yes, Ronnie. 20 episodes. All 20. 4 times 5 is 20. Did 20 of them work for you? Uh some more so than others, definitely. But I'm not feeling resentful yet. So, yeah. Andy. Uh, it, it's become very clear to me why I never finished this show, even though I enjoyed it when it was on. But, yes, it is definitely still working for me because of all of the reasons why we talked about in the positives. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. All 20 episodes working for you, bud? Boy, oh boy. Uh, that's a good question, huh? Um, I I think so, but like it is it is dangerously. It's 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 we've we've had issues before where it's like this show's right on the line. It could kinda work and it could kinda not work. It's like it kinda works, but behind me is just a cliff where like if it doesn't kind of work it does not work even remotely at all and i hate it so much um which is vastly different than what i talked about earlier but i'm having i'm having a real wild night as i as i wax (laughs) non-eloquently about this show um so i'm gonna say i'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt here that i'm just i'm just angry about wolverine yeah he's Um, the worst and I'm angry about uh, my friend's adherence to a canon that does not exist in this show. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I'll give it to it for now. It works for me. But it is on thin ice, man. I'll tell you that. Oh, I love that pun. That was good. <laughs> and, and again, you can't have Wolverine be a supporting character and have these really glaring character flaws where maybe he's kind of pervy and kind of gross and like not a great dude and goes off on his own and does solo missions and like he punches bad guys and smokes cigars but then you can't also have him lead a fucking school and be the principal and be like your knight in shining armor who's got a perfectly clean backstory and has never done anything wrong ever you can't have both yeah yep 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 totally agree uh, next, but otherwise, next, this show's working. <laughs> uh, good, good to hear. Uh, um, we will be back to watch the final six episodes of Wolverine and the X Men next week. Um, maybe they'll fridge Wolverine in episode twenty-one, and everything <laughs> will be ser- solved. Um, maybe, maybe. Until then, you could follow us on Twitter at PendingPod, follow us on Facebook at PendingPod, follow us on Instagram at EndingPending, send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to uh, check out the Patreon uh, for yeah. Lunar Light Studio. That's patreon.com slash Lunar Light HQ. Um, buy, buy a ticket to Genosha. Go to Patreon. Right, exactly. Join the mutant Perfect, perfect parallel. Um yeah. We have some really exciting stuff coming up, uh, including a very special uh, Spooky Pride event that's going on in October as part of our uh, our Lunar Light Pledge Drive. Um, we have uh, Ending Pending specifically has some some content coming out um, in some bloopers and some uh, Andy and Ronnie take over the Lunar Light universe. We um, steal everything. We steal it all. Uh, plus, I have a new mini pod that is uh, going to be uh, dropping in October on exclusively on Lunar Light's uh, Patreon. Uh, you'll want to check that out uh, for sure. You'll also want to check out uh, shows like Storyboard, shows like uh, Cryptid Keeper, because we have to say it every single time. Um, shows like you really like that uh, one. We it's it's a good one. It's a real good one. I read I'm, the the. 
the byline of it. And it's just like it, the fact that it's like a, a horror, a, a scream queen horror fan and an Appalachian folklorist. Like, oh, gosh, that is that is so good. That is so like I know Addison and Alex and I know what their deal is. But reading it just in print is like, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So good. Good. Great job. You can find more podcasts like ours at uh, LunarLightStudio.com. You can also find a link to the Patreon from there. Um, But until next time, don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't tell him. It's a secret. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.